Hello, and welcome to You Don't Know Lit. My name is Nick Argyris, and this week I'm looking for the best self-help book ever written. And to help me are two completely realized and perfect high school English teachers, Ian and Joe. Increasingly perfect, uh, especially <laughs> after reading this week, uh, The World Beyond Your Head by Matthew Crawford. Uh, you aren't going to find it on the self-help shelf, okay. but it is a self-help book. Um, don't tell one. him I said that, though. If 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 he's on the podcast, like if we get him as a guest, please right. don't tell him I called it self-help. I don't think he would like it. He's a very serious philosopher. Say that okay. one five times fast. Self-help shelf. Self-help self-help shelf. Self-help shelf. Um. Hello, Joe. You didn't introduce yourself at all. You just talked about oh your book. Hello, my name is Dr. Ian DeYoung. I'm a high school English teacher. I'm very helpful. And this week, <laughs> I helped you by bringing a self-help book called Year of Yes, How to Dance It Out, Stand in the Sun, and Be Your Own Person by award-winning TV writer Shonda Rhimes. May your earlobes turn into assholes and shit on your shoulders. Hey, the plot doesn't fucking matter at all. This is what I think it's about. If you look closely <laughs> enough, every author was at some point a racist. Audiobooks don't count, right? All art is quite useless. <laughs> who, who, who told you that? Fun fact, that is how Joe laughs. I like this. I feel like Ian's strategy this week is just to say help as many times as he can so that when Nick is deciding the winner, he's like, well, Ian does he remind me of help. Yeah. Like a, yeah. Subliminal That's thing. correlation there. Mm-hmm. I'm also going to be very, very, very softly whistling um, the Beatles song Help um, mm-hmm. in the background. Okay. Not too loudly because be. we, can, we can't get that. We can't get those right. rights. Oh, no. We couldn't get those rights. No. Um, Ian, just oh, off the cuff, I will say, I think John you... Lennon, friend of the show, <laughs> big fan. You know, Paul McCartney tried... kind of stuck up. Not really. Doesn't like the show that much. Have we tried reaching out yeah. to these friends of the show and seeing if they would just give us free access to their extremely influential catalogs? Yeah, um, yeah. The, unfortunately, the public domain does not <laughs> uh, work like that. Um, <laughs> at all <laughs> what do you mean it doesn't work like that all you do is you get in touch with the mm-hmm. dead spirits of yeah. all our fans and i think that would be pretty good if that is how the public domain worked as soon as the people die <laughs> we can immediately harvest their artwork a lot more necromancers out in the real world <laughs> <laughs> you know it's, it's like how you become a saint but exclusively for content rights right <laughs> it's like you have to perform a posthumous uh you know Signing seance. this piece of paper. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It would, yeah, obviously a seance. Ian, Did you I guys love, speaking of seances. Think, um, oh, speaking of seances, what no, were you no, no, say? no. What are you going to tell me? You love, Ian, I love how great you are. <laughs> Ian, I love your mustache. No, I think off the cuff, Ian's book wins best subtitle on this show has seen. I <laughs> so mean, far. How to Dance It Out, I think, is pretty solid. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like Listen, some hard hitting self help. People, yeah. do you want to dance it out? I do. Foolish question. Everyone wants to dance it out. What is it? Mm. Where do you want to dance it? Out. out. Well, my book can help you. Um, I, did you guys hear about the Cormac McCarthy thing on no. Twitter? Is he alive? Is he okay? Oh, yeah, he's fine. He's fine. He's not a he's friend not of the a show. Fan yet. Of the show. Um, <laughs> it's with grave news that we announce Cormac McCarthy is now officially a fan of the show. Has become a big a fan. Rest in peace. <laughs> <laughs> no, somebody somebody on Twitter um got a Cormac McCarthy handle. Cormac it was like the name Cormac McCarthy missing an A somewhere or something. Mm-hmm. Um and somehow got verified and then started tweeting stuff that was pretty like it was pretty good comedy. This pretty like okay. folks, you can find this on, <laughs> on Twitter. It's but um for like a hot minute, every like all of the academic Twitter was like, oh my gosh, Cormac McCarthy's on Twitter and he's accidentally hilarious. But then pretty quickly people were like, no, 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 this is this is a lie. But it was made more it, it's a, it's an imposter. It was made more fascinating by the fact that the blue check mark made people take it seriously. People were like, Oh, of this course, is him. Yeah. Twitter verified. Yeah. Uh, well, and there's something about somebody who just writes dismal novels being hilarious on yeah. Twitter. It it makes it extra funny. It's like, yeah. hey, Cormac McCarthy. Turns out he's really funny. <laughs> yeah. Alas, it's not. It's uh, not yeah. Well, uh, you know. On that note, uh, welcome, Litheads. 
uh, to You Don't Know Lit, the weekly, or as we call it, Strongly, Strongly Podcast. Strongly too. Podcast. And um, where every week we pick a, ge- a genre. A genre. Did <laughs> you start pronouncing it? Genre. <laughs> a theme or genre, if you will. <laughs> and uh, our, our, our good friends and most loyalist of lit heads, Ian and Joe, bring a book um, oh. to battle it out. And we pick a winner. But to keep I'm us on track, we, of course, have some rules uh, that have nothing to do with rules. how that winner is selected. Uh, rule number <laughs> one, uh, only unavoidable spoilers, gentlemen. Uh, rule number two, omit needless words, Joe. Joe. And rule number and three, Nick. No. <laughs> what is it? <laughs> do you know uh, winning it is? isn't everything. It's the only thing that matters Vince here. Lombardi. Very good. And, of course, we, have, we do have our shadow rules. Uh, every week to the same. I, b- I basically don't need to say them, but I will for the sake of formality. <laughs> yeah. Just, just uh, get, they it, are, get it out there. They are get or done. Just do it. And ba 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 ba. I'm loving it. <laughs> That's good. That one felt a little lazy. You know, guys. Okay, we've been doing it. this I show for it. quite some time now, and we've we've recently kind of played with the the form, the structure. I really just to to throw things off. I would love it if sometime Nick you brought in a extremely rigorous scorecard, and for once you actually listened to what we were saying, and you <laughs> legitimately judged us based on how well we found, followed those rules. And there was like a, a score breakdown at the end, just you know, just to throw things off. Right, like every time we got a little bit spoilery, we got like a demerit, right? Yeah, exactly. And we added them up at the end. Um, I will say, like, just a brief aside, when we're talking about playing with the genre, my neighbor at school, who is a big fan of the show, uh, came up to me today. Yeah, the genre, I'm sorry. And he said, hey, I saw the latest one is on The Alchemist. I'm really excited to listen to it. Oh, no. (laughs) I was like, oh, you might not like it. He's like, yeah, it's a super important book for me. (laughs) <laughs> On that note, I would like to share something that I got uh, some feedback. <laughs> Hate mail. <laughs> this is no. This is the 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 subject line of this email is official. You don't know lit appreciation email, uh, and this is a, a a former. I guess I never taught this person as like officially as a student, but mm-hmm. I I helped them kind of get ready for school and stuff. Anyway. Yep. Um, Ryan says, I just wanted to pop by and thank you for trashing The Alchemist on last week's episode. I absolutely (laughs) hated reading that book and had never heard anything but praise about it. Um, That bit where you apply the flawed central philosophy of if you want something hard enough, the universe will give it to you to the real world and the various injustices people experience blew my mind. It really put to words the central uneasiness I had with the premise of the book. So thank you, Ryan. This is the kind of thing that keeps us going. Uh, yeah. I was on cloud nine after receiving that, receiving that email kind of for the rest of the day. So, yeah, and Very that's nice. good. And uh, lit heads, um, if there are books that you hate, send them our way. Yeah, you know, that was the, the world really <laughs> feeds off of um, negativity and hate. Negativity. So we feel like this could get more traction. Um, <laughs> negativity sex <laughs> accord. Um, <laughs> we seem to have found something that. People really relate to. Um, can't stress enough how much positive feedback we got on uh, hating on books, which is I don't know. I don't know if that's what we really need in the world. But um, you know, anything, anything for another, another fan. We're, we're gonna need to to change that last that fourth rule that sometime erstwhile fourth rule fourth rule to only downers, only downers, <laughs> only downers, only hate. Wah, yes. Wah. Um, well, great. Um, well, uh, gentlemen, before I decide who goes first, uh, why don't we, uh, why don't you each give me 30 seconds on your book? Uh, Joe, why don't you go first as, uh, absolutely as, as Nick as the experimental rock. I'm sorry. What is that noise? The Flowbots on <laughs> the 2007 album. <laughs> okay. I, can I start over? I feel like my time has been cut. And your time is up, Joe. Thank <laughs> oh, you. No. I have several Flowbots quotes. No, that's silly. That's silly. Joe, why don't you take it from the top? And this time, Ian, maybe never do that again. <laughs> it's called Foley right. Work. Okay. Uh, <laughs> wrong podcast. As the experimental rap group Flowbots say on their 2007 album, Nick, there is a war going on for your mind. If you are thinking, you are winning. Nick, we live in a world filled with distractions from gas station pumps that automatically play advertisements to notifications constantly ringing out in your pocket. Distraction is an obesity of the mind. The world beyond your head is two parts philosophy and one part self-help. In it, Matthew Crawford, physicist, philosopher, and part-time motorcycle mechanic are argues that your attention is a finite resource and should be guarded jealously. All right. That is, and that is your 30 seconds. Thank you, Joe. Exactly 30 seconds. Wait, wait, wait. 
part-time motorcycle mechanic. Is this guy, are you sneaking Uh-oh. in Zen in the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance again? Ooh, this book is a, it, it is a bit of a spiritual successor to oh Zen in the Art of Great. Motorcycle Maintenance. wonderful news. It's so exciting <laughs> to hear. This week's hey, is the, not spiritual successors, but we will allow it, Joe. Mm, yeah, right. Spiritual <laughs> successor and I think a pretty big improvement over Zen in the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance, which is a bold claim. Yeah. Speaking of another really long book that's tough to get through, I, <laughs> man, it's just, I try to get through that. And every once in a while, there, there's a stretch in, in that book that it's like, oh, this is really good. This is great. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. you get to other sections where it's like, ah, this, this guy might be a moron. Yeah. And the problem with reading <laughs> it is you just never know when the good sections are coming. <laughs> so it's like, you just keep, you hold on. And yeah. you know, for a piece of like pop philosophy, you really don't want to be thinking this guy might be a moron. That's really what you're <laughs> this, not aiming uh, yeah. for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway. Hey, Ian. In late 2013, the award-winning TV writer Shonda Rhimes was in a bad place. She was depressed, anxious, and overweight, and she didn't like being depressed, anxious, or overweight. Then her sister challenged her to start saying yes to the things that scared her. And Shonda Rhimes' life changed. This week, I read Year of Yes by Shonda Rhimes. Part self-help, part memoir, mostly true, thoroughly honest, quite funny. 311 pages, published in 2015. Hmm. She flipped it. Is what you're saying. She took it. Yeah. And she said, nah, she said yes. I'm going to flip this. You know what? She learned how to dance it out and she learned how to stand in the sun. And most importantly, she learned how to be her own person. Did she learn how to dance in the rain? No. What about sing? Mm. I think she already probably knew how to sing. Okay. But, but it doesn't touch on do it any. It nobody was listening. Doesn't no, touch she on the doesn't weather. have it. Doesn't have an in-depth discussion of her trips to a voice coach to develop her. Voice tubes. What do you call those? Voice tunes. Yeah, these both sound pretty good. Um, Ian's book is loosely based on, I think, the Jim Carrey movie, Yes Man. Um, but Joe's <laughs> book sounded pretty compelling as well. Um, Jay, Joe? Hey, Joe? Yeah, Nick? Kick us, kick us off. All right. Matthew Crawford is a guy that... Um, I, I don't expect you've heard of him. I, he's he's written a couple books that that were moderately successful. Uh, the first one was called Shop, uh, excuse me, Shop Class as Soulcraft, and the second one was The World Beyond Your Head. Uh, um, this book's from twenty. 20- what was the first one called? <laughs> Shop Craft is no craft. <laughs> Sorry, it's I, called I Self Help Shelf. Time, it's called Shop, shop, shop Class as Soulcraft. Uh, um, and in it, wow, what a terrible name! I think <laughs> so, it's such. A, or great. Yeah. I don't know. I've heard I've heard of crawfish. Is that the same thing? <laughs> Barbara Walters reads that on audiobook. It's so good. <laughs> she reads Matthew Crawfish. <laughs> <laughs> Where the crawfish sing. Um, Matthew Crawford is one of these guys that's kind of annoying. Like he's just kind of an intellectual. He majored in physics, right? So you would think like Wait, this is okay. your author? Yeah. Oh, not a great start. Okay. No, yeah, like he majored in physics. You're like, oh, sure, I bet he became a physicist. Uh, but he never did. Instead, he went to got his PhD in political philosophy from the University of Chicago, right? So he's like, oh, I'm super into physics, but I'm going to do graduate work in philosophy. Okay. Can I just hop in real fast and say that there is a perception, probably not among our listeners because we skew towards the humanities, but there's this general popular perception that you to be rich and to change the world you start early do science do science throughout school go be a scientist or possibly an engineer and then you change the world through science there is a stagger staggeringly large number of people who start in the sciences and say this is great but this is making me ask humanities type questions about the world and i think that sciences to humanities pipeline is fascinating and more people should know about it so matthew crawfish thank you at my at my university, just an aside to Ian's aside, I our Shakespeare professor coming up uh, as well. A, a guy named Richard Knowles was uh, Richard in, Knowles. Richard Knowles. I took Shakespeare with him, He's and great. he was a physicist that just like after he was teaching physics at a university level, was like, uh, I'm I'm really more into Shakespeare, and he just nice. started teaching Shakespeare instead, <laughs> which nice. blew my mind then and blows my mind now. I don't think any of these things are interesting. (laughs) All right. Um, You might like this then, Nick. Uh, He, (laughs) (laughs) if you're not interested, guess what? I've got more. 
He worked, one of his first jobs after getting his PhD is he worked as the executive director for a think tank, uh, but he didn't last very long. He only did it for about five months. And he said he really hated it because he found that the trappings of scholarship were used to put a scientific cover on positions arrived at otherwise. Um, his particular uh, think tank was funded by oil companies and uh, he, it was his job to make sure that mm. they found out that, you know, oil companies didn't cause global warming. I'm, I'm sure, sure that's that unbiased. Really well. That's a nice... <laughs> What a nice exercise by Halliburton. <laughs> that really bummed him out. He quit that job after five months, and he opened up a motorcycle repair shop, um, it, which he found a tremendous amount of gratitude and gratification in. Um, he loved the idea of like working with his hands. He loved the idea that like the problems that he faced were real and tangible and concrete. Right. Uh, and he loved the idea that at the end of the day, he got to assign worth to the work that he did that day by billing his customers. Like he and his customer mm. had to kind of agree on a price of his worth for that day. And he wrote a book called Shop Class as Soulcraft, and it was famous and kind of launched him into some like minor philosophical stardom. Yeah, this does have a familiar sound to it, I will say. Mm -hmm. Sounds then, like a nice greedy man. <laughs> what? That's Why would you say that? Well, he's like, my work is more valuable to me when I can, when I can put a number on it. Mm, no, I think it's just a tangible thing. Yeah, it's it's like, uh, well, I mean, we could talk about this now or we could talk about this later. But I mean, there is a difference, uh, you know, like between teaching all day and coming home and like doing yard work and clearing brush. Like they both can be very satisfying, but like the satisfaction that you get from that manual labor is, it, it's super different like it feels like you've accomplished something real in the world yeah other than thinking about teaching like, differently but okay anyway as you were saying <laughs> uh, you and then one day, more than welcome to bring in sticks to your classrooms and oh maybe how do you know today today my teaching partner was a zucchino i don't get it is that is it's that like a, a very small zucchini <laughs> is that the masculine zucchini it's a, it's a breed of <laughs> zucchini that usually grows in a circular for fashion um but and one of my co-teachers gave it to me and I just, I carried it into my classroom and I talked about it at times. And that's basically a stick. So what were you saying, Joe? I was saying that one day when Matthew Crawford was paying for his groceries, <laughs> he swiped his card. And after he swiped his card, a little advertisement came up on the machine. Like it just played this tiny advertisement. And that moment got him thinking about how pervasive advertising uh, is out there and how it tugs and demands at our attention. Mm hmm. This book starts with the with him realizing how pervasive ads are and how often we we don't we are increasingly seeing ads in places that we do not agree to be advertised to. Right. It's like Influ influencers, like non-consensual yeah. influencers. G great example. Non-consensual, non-consensual non <laughs> advertising. I love no, seriously. that. Right? Yeah, absolutely. He talks in this book about um, how buses in South Korea are experimenting with uh, piping in the smell of Dunkin' Donuts coffee Ooh. as the Dunkin' Donuts jingle plays and uh, it pulls up to a Dunkin' Donuts at the next stop. This <laughs> podcast is mandatory Dunkin' Donuts stops <laughs> on this route. <laughs> He talks about like, can I, can I ads? stop you, Joe? Yeah, please. That, that might be one of the only ads that I could get behind. <laughs> that sounds amazing. We'll just take you to a Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> I like the idea of like, I'm going to get off this bus right now. I'm going to get me some Dunkin' Donuts and I'm going to wait for the next bus because this is not my stop. <laughs> This is why we're uh, going to collapse as a society. Continue. Horrifying. He talks about seeing ads like on the bottom of airport trays, like when he's taking off his shoes at yes. the airport, like an ad at the bottom of the, he talks about seeing ads in urinals. Um, I actually have a friend who works for a company. I think it's called all over media. And if you've ever seen like a television screen next to a urinal, that's her company. Uh, like the backs her. of hotel rooms, key cards, the handrails on escalators, like the, like the fucking sky we see ads in, like with <laughs> airplanes, with airplanes carrying banners. Um, 
just recently, a Canadian startup talked to Business Insider. It's launching a space ad satellite into orbit on a Falcon 9 rocket so they can advertise to you in outer space. And um, I don't know about I, you guys, but I think that is like infuriating. That's the emotion I, I feel when I see these things. Can I introduce a statistic, Joe? Yes. Oh, boy. Uh, yeah, most people see between six, six to 10,000 ads every day. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> That's um Elon Elon Musk no huh. Jeff Bezos one of the two got recently got in trouble, um and when I say got in trouble I mean people on social media were mad at him for um proposing that the next step is uh, a billboard in space so big that people on Earth can see it, and can, not can not it. only that people on on Earth can see it but people on Earth can't help but see it. Crawford makes the case here that there should be uh, a, an argument made for what he calls the attentional commons, right? And all the attentional commons is, is you think of it like this. We have laws, regulations, common practices that protect water, like that keep our water clean, that keep like our air that we breathe clean. He says that when you fill every like attentional space with advertisements, it is essentially polluting that common space. And when you are sub, like subjugated to ads nonstop, you do lose something because what you pay attention to, like what you choose to pay attention to, or often in the case of ads, what you don't choose to pay attention to, but pay attention to anyway, they affect who you are. Like what you think about makes you who you are. And of if course. these things are imposing on you all the time, like you can't think your thoughts what do we do joe oh my god i i need some help the book does a lot of different things the book is philosophical like it's always grounded in the real world but like it is philosophical in nature like he talks about Immanuel kant kant he talks about like the construction of the self he talks about all these things um but he talks about how people tend to feel joy people people tend to feel like at their highest people tend to um to enter flow states when they are entering into a negotiation, a manipulation, a mastery of the real world. And he gives a ton of examples of this. So we can think of a short order cook, right? Like who's like cooking breakfast orders and who's just absolutely in the zone. Right. And, and like feels total <laughs> okay. mastery of that space. We can think of like an ice hockey player who has learned to manipulate Getting all the pucks to the right he, spot. He, well, who's learned to manipulate his stick to such a fine degree. Is it a, called a stick? A hockey stick? I feel yeah. like it must have a. Yeah, definitely. Joe. Joe, like a, a concrete example of this is the way that those short order cooks like at a diner, they crack the egg with one hand. Mm, like if it. you want to do that, you have to learn how to do that. And you, if you want to do it quickly without spraying egg all over the place, you have to do it a whole bunch of times. What's it like 10,000 hours for mastery? Um, and, and it seems like there are certain things that like you, you can get there, but it takes, it takes labor. Right. Like it, he talks at some length about like how when we enter into these things with the real world, like these negotiations with the real world, it there's a difference between knowledge, like the knowledge of how to cook an egg or the knowledge of how to make a breakfast and like the know-how of being able to do it, right? And I love that distinction, right? There's knowledge, I know how to cook breakfast versus know-how of like, I can do it mindlessly. I can enter this state of flow and I can just like take these tickets one after the other and have everything going. Okay. I get it. What, what, okay. cl cl take, move this forward. So what does that yep, have to do absolutely. with, uh, so this what is does where, that have to do with, uh, help awesome. self-help? How do we, what are the solutions, Joe? I'm looking for the action items yeah. and just a heads up, Ian, I want a couple action items from you too. <laughs> oh yeah. I've got, I've got plenty of those. All right. This is all of that is the philosophy. This is where the self-help comes in, right? Mm -hmm. Basically, step one, get pissed, right? He, those aren't his words. <laughs> all right, <laughs> those done. aren't his step words. Two. Those are my words. Step one, <laughs> get easy. pissed. Like your Very attention is easy. being absolutely assaulted. You should be offended by this, yep. right? 10,000 times a day. 
10,000 times a day. We're pissed. Step two, you have to, if you allow yourself just to be a bystander, right? Like if you just allow yourself to exist in this world on the internet, watching a movie, right? Um, If you allow yourself to have everybody who wants to advertise to you or like just grab your your attention, um, it's going to drive you crazy. Like you are going to run out of the willpower to pay attention. So lock down your cell phone. These are, these are my bullet points. Okay. Lock down your cell phone, like social media off your cell phone, right? Like delete. Oh, uh, yep. So, social media off your cell phone. For don't lit. allow yeah, except for you don't know anything. Podcast.com or at you don't know lit on Twitter, Instagram, <laughs> Facebook, Pinterest, and of course, OnlyFans. Control the notifications <laughs> that come to you, right? So, like, okay. if it, if your you know clash of clans wants to notify <sighs> you that hey, it's time to check in, you should not be letting it do that. Like, you should not be using your technology. I can't do actively. red notification dots all removed from my phone. I can't do that. I have too much OCD. I need to go see what that is. Got to see if the clans are clashing. This I is really see like if those clans are clashing. Um, I, I, uh, um, at my school, we use Microsoft teams. Um, mm. and the benefit of this is that <laughs> Nick, Nick destroy your phone, destroy it. You gotta lock <laughs> Student, that out. Are you pissed students yet, can, Ian? Students can like, can, you know, send a quick message. It doesn't need to be like a whole email, but the problem yeah. is I had notifications on uh, until this year. And this year, as we go back, go back to in-person school, I was like, I'm turning these off. Um, not all yeah. the time, but during like during the evenings on the weekends, mm-hmm. like I don't get the notifications and I had to tell my students that, but it does, it's already made a, a week and a half and it's made for a lot better quality. Of Just life. an insane difference. Like we, you've heard like the, the common productivity advice where never check your email before noon, right? Like never check. It feels like the same sort of I thing. I have not heard that. That seems incredibly unproductive, Joe. I feel <laughs> I like that's trouble. when you should check your email. There's some key things that I would need to. Maybe don't check it after five. Yeah. Is that it? <laughs> yeah, or, or, or yeah, for like find, find times that you can check your email. There are tons of ways that you can manage your own attention. Um, there's an idea that I use sometimes when I have a lot of work to do, like actual, um, you know, not clearing brush, but grading essays, say, where I make myself work in what's called Pomodoros. Um, have you guys, yes. are you familiar with the Pomodoro technique? I, love I it. am not, but I am really excited to hear this. Okay. Love this. It's the simplest idea in the world, but it's absolutely dead useful. It's got a great name. It's got a great name. I think it's Italian for tomato. Do you know where the name comes from? Tomato. (laughs) It does. It's Italian for zucchini. It's Italian Italian for tomato. And the reason it is, is because the guy who pioneered it um, had a tomato timer that he used. I love that. Okay. So what is it, Joe? So, So all a Pomodoro is, is, hey- you sitting down and working for the next four hours is not realistic. Like you're, it's, it's this nebulous space. You're going to get distracted. So here's what you have to do. Set a timer for 25 minutes. Once that 25 minutes is up for like for that 25 minutes, you are going to work on this one thing and only this one thing. So for this 25 minutes, you are going to grade essays. You aren't going to check Twitter. You aren't going to, uh, you know, pop in and watch some TV or anything like that. You're going well, to great essays for 25 Maybe you're going to email. You don't know lit podcast or just a quick. No, you're not going to do that. You're, you're not going to do that during well, I'm those sure it goes into minutes. detail about how th- there are some exceptions. There are exemptions, of course. Podcast. Uh, yeah. <laughs> At 25 minutes, the timer goes off. At that point, you have a break. That break is five minutes long. It's also time. Party right? time. <laughs> yep. During you that can time, send you all can, the emails to you don't know that, that you want. <laughs> you can do anything you want. You can eat a zucchino. You can dance in the rain, right? Like you can do anything you want during that yeah. time. Five minutes later, you can you make set a timer rain. for 25 minutes. Another 25? And, and you repeat that process until it's <laughs> done. Like, oh my God, that's work. too much. There needs to be at least an hour and a half in between each 25 minute segment, I think. Now I didn't come up with this idea. The at beauty, all. the beauty of the Pomodoro, and I use this. I use this to finish writing my dissertation. Oh, uh, of course. Is that is that um, humble brag? Twenty five minutes doesn't seem insurmountable. Four hours seems insurmountable. But you just you Absolutely. crank out twenty five minutes, um, and then and then you have your five minute break to do kind of whatever. And five minutes compared to that, like five minutes seems like a good amount. Yeah. So. One of the things that this does, and this is what I want to end on, by focusing yourself to, or by forcing yourself to focus your attention, you train your attention. 
as I've gotten older, I kind of feel like my brain is broken in some ways. I feel like my my, my, yeah, my attention is more fragmented than it's ever been. And this is coming from a guy that like took Adderall for like, well, as long as they would let me pretty much, right? Like my attention is more fragmented now than it's ever been. But by doing things like stopping these notifications, by doing things like eliminating advertising from your life to whatever degree you can, you know, you got to go to the airport, you got to, you know, put your shoes in that bin. By doing things like exercising your attention through Pomodoro's, your attention grows. And and let me add, by the way, Lidheads, like one of the ways to exercise your attention span is to read books, right? Like reading books is oh, an this effort was a trap, sustain- Lidheads. And <laughs> <laughs> listening gotcha. to the podcast, you don't know that podcast.com. <laughs> it's for, for hard hitting cutting edge analysis. Yeah. So that's it. Matthew Crawford has a thousand more things to say. I think you absolutely should read this book. It's absolutely fantastic. But the main thesis of it is there's a war going on for your mind and you need to fight back. I like it, Joe. I like it a lot. And I like all the vegetable references the most. I <laughs> a think. lot of veggies in today's yeah. episode. And, and maybe here's just one more tip for everybody on this health self-help journey. Eat, eat your vegetables. Yeah, oh, that'll help yourself. That's a good message. Help, hey, guys, folks, yes. litheads, help yourself to more vegetables. Yeah. Mm. And and one last final question. Um, Joe, this is my favorite question to ask Joe because I don't mm-hmm. think he's capable of lying. <laughs> <laughs> my sister says that. <laughs> Joe, did you like this yes. book? Yeah, I liked it a lot. Um, when when this category came up, when this theme came up, um, this is the first book I thought of. And I think it's because... I've read a decent amount of like things that you would classify as self-help. It's a genre that I, I don't know. I think they're easy to read. I think they're like kind of interesting. I dig them. Um, Because the worst case scenario is that it doesn't help you. And the best case scenario is that it definitely does. (laughs) Like it definitely does. (laughs) But this is the first book I thought of. And I think it's because when I read this book, it was uh, the first, the first time it was tremendously influential in how I thought about the world. And it led to like, concrete changes in the way that I interacted in the world. And it led to me leading a happier, healthier life. And hey, what else do you want? Who's Georgette Hire? Georgette for Hire. Um, there was actually a song about her. No. It was um it's a it was a pretty it was a pretty famous song. There was a rock band called Creed, and they sang a song called Can You Take Me Higher? And it's about asking this lady to this author, Georgia Hire, to take take them um uh, out for ice cream. Gotcha. That makes sense. I, I don't know anything about Georgette Hire. Uh, I don't know anything been, about Creed. We, we've <laughs> hey guys, can you take me higher? <laughs> <laughs> Georgette Hire. Yes. I thought you said you didn't know who Creed was. <laughs> Famed author. <laughs> yes, I can take you higher. Georgette Hire. I'll read next week. I will read a book by well-known. Apparently, I never. I I'm I'm not super familiar with her, but apparently, well-known uh, novelist. A British novelist, Georgia Hire. Her name is Hire. That's where it, the connection is. Uh, Georgia Hire was an English novelist and short story writer in both the Regency romance and detective fish fiction genres. We are both looking I at the same it. Wikipedia page. I'm going to read Devil's Cub <laughs> Those are my by words. Georgette Hire. And this is a book rec- brought to us, uh, recommended by loyal lithead Rachel. This is Rachel's, I think, second recommendation, and the first one was Silverlock, and it was great. So I'm looking forward Another to the Devil's Cup. Is it like whodunits? Like, like she wrote everything, like man. Oh, Do you want wow. me to re? I, I I want a Georgette Hire book that is a whodunit, and I'm looking Do at it. two. One is called A Civil Contract, but that one says it's non-conventional romance. Here's one called Cotillion. I, I think oh, I'm going to read uh, that's, that's one of my wife's favorite books, so you should totally okay. do Cotillion. Excellent. Uh, by loyal lithead Ian's wife, I'm going to read <laughs> Cotillion. Yeah. I'm and super just excited. a quick heads up, Joe, that the premise of this show is that you believe that this is a great, the best version, uh, the right. best book she's ever wrote. Well, so. it absolutely is. Yeah. 100%. Ian's 100%. wife said so. 100%. Ian's wife said so. I, I, she has questionable taste. She did marry Ian, but uh, but I trust her when it comes to this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, All right. Mm-hmm, Cotillion. Mm-hmm. I'm excited. I'd like to just 
before you begin, Ian, um, yeah. just send a, a heartfelt uh, thank you to um, friend of the show, living friend of the show, Portia, mm. who I think made our first meme. Oh, um, no! <laughs> Portia! Way to go! Portia! Now, it's very possible that it's not a meme, but it basically says, <laughs> I think Moby Dick's involved. We'll retweet it. You can you can go look at our Twitter, and you can see this beautiful MMA Great. that Portia has created. Don't look at the Twitter. Leadheads take control of your mind. <laughs> this is splendid. <laughs> Obey the voice. <laughs> <laughs> um, hey, Ian. Yeah. I'm really excited to hear about dancing. I'm pretty okay. pumped too. All right. Um, so this book sounds optimistic and full of it joy. Is. It is. And I'm ready to I'm ready to I'm ready to accept that into my heart. Great. It's not particularly boring. I am gonna start by thoroughly disagreeing with you two on the question of self-help books for a second. I gotta get mm-hmm. get this off my chest because this week's theme was one which is sort of uh, unpleasant to me. Nick, you said the worst case scenario with reading a self-help book is that it doesn't help you. And I would argue that, no, the worst case scenario is that it leads you down the wrong path and makes your it life worse. It leads you astray. Oh, yeah, no. which definitely help, help happens. I think self-help is basically a placebo genre. Our struggles are either so individual that generaliz- generalizing about how to fix it is functionally useless or so structural that collective action is the best way to deal with them. Self-help, guys, is an industry. And it's precisely, I would say, just about as vampiric and uh, predatory as fad diets or Peloton. I'm not going to consult the people who are trying to exploit me for life wisdom. The value of self-help to me... fucking bummer, man. Get pissed. I thought you brought a fun book. It sounds like (laughs) I did. I'm, I'm setting this up. I'm setting... Guys, guys... Hey, guys, stick with me. Okay, I'm setting it up. The yeah. value of self-help is that it prompts us to imagine a better version of ourselves. And sometimes it encourages us to do the work to make that version of ourselves possible. But I don't think that a mass-produced, mass-marketed paperback collection of wisdom is the thing that will save me from the problems that I have in my life. I don't, I think that's, I think that's nonsense. So I'm officially, uh, conducting my part of this episode under, um, what's the word under protest under, under protest. Thank you. Yes. I am. I am doing this under protest. Yes. Right. <laughs> yeah, I'd like to also announce that I'm also doing my part of the show uh, <laughs> under protest. <laughs> it turns duress. out none of us want to be here. <laughs> <laughs> so that's like when we say self-help, there are a lot of like negative connotations to it, I think. And the part of the beauty of this book is it is, I would say, a memoir that has a self-help um, argument, but it's a memoir and it's not like seven habits of highly effective people or how to influence friends and win the world fair or whatever it is. Like this is, this is about Shonda's life and, and, um, it, it's, it's less, it's less didactic than a lot of self-help. I kind of want a book now that inspires me to collective action. Do we have any books like that? Like, uh, yes. You brought a book to the podcast about how to use minifigures and um, jello or something, rice pudding. That oh, book, that's true. I, that book yeah, is like right. saying, hey, let's do collective action to solve our problems. And honestly, that's even true. though I thought that book sounded kind of stupid, that's way better to like help yeah. improve the world than, you know what? You'll be better if you get up five minutes earlier and brush Rise your teeth grind, while wearing a ponytail baby. holder. Yeah. But can't we can't we identify some of these self self help books as LinkedIn propaganda? I mean, yes. <laughs> like I, you know, I is I don't. It's I think it's easy to point out that there is predatory behavior in the genre, but like generally speaking, could be worse, right? Like, don't they have good a good a good? Hmm. I think the best. Okay, I think the best self help self help book has led people astray. I don't think oh there could goodness. be any. Well, well, a lot of a lot of a lot of cults set themselves up as like, oh, we're going to help you improve your life. We're going to help you go clear. We're going to help you yeah. like like. This is a this is a rich vein cults. for check. Hey, gotcha. folks, do you want to help your, Do you want to help yourself not get COVID? Take horse dewormer. Um, mm. But uh, one of the benefits of this book, and I honestly, I think honestly think kind of Joe's book too, is that. They're not just like your classic self-help trash. Like 
Joe's book is philosophy with a goal of improving your life. My book is a memoir with like ideas for what you can do. And that's like when you kind of blend those genres, that's better. Can I be se- can I be serious for one moment, Ian? I, w- for, I wish you would. For, for one freaking fr- moment. For one golden I moment. I think when self-help books try to create a scenario in which there is a shortcut, oh, yeah. that, is, that is a red flag. Yes. But I think generally speaking... Oh, that- this is like this is like the book I was going to read for Fitness Week, Tim Ferriss, The Four-Hour <laughs> Body. The Four-Hour Body. And I started reading it and I was like, this is nuts. Like, this guy's nuts. Okay. Well, I don't know anything about that, but but that is probably a good example of when, <laughs> whenever there's like a, yes. a hook of a number involved, yeah. like 10-minute whatever oh, or five-minute something, then I think that's that can uh, most likely go go die in a fire. Um, but <laughs> I've jumped I think to success. Any book happiness. that puts forward, like you said, some sort of work that has to be put in. Uh, yeah, there's, there's no, there's no improvement without work. Right. Can we talk about right. your goddamn book? And yes. Get off so about, you, okay. So do you guys, box? do you guys know who Shonda Rhimes is? Does this name? Ring no, any kind of I don't know anything about this. I just know what Ian believes about self-help books, genre books. <laughs> and I've only genre heard books. of this because I think I've heard of this book. I think that's the only reason I kind nice. of know who she is. Do you, you know have 24 about a show seconds called, to tell us about this book, <laughs> Do you know about a show called Grey's Anatomy? No, oh. that's not how you say it. It's Grey's Anatomy. It's a very famous show. We all know how to say it. Right, but Except everybody bails me, on apparently. it after a while. Like, students watch Grey's Anatomy a lot, and I'm like, oh, how do you like it? And they're like, oh, I left after this character left or something. But there's like 20 <laughs> seasons of it. It's a, it's a, this show has <laughs> been on for characters. more than half of my life. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Which is like, there's, I mean, you've got, you've got your classics, you got your Simpsons, you got your South Parks, whatever. Yeah. But like, this is a, this is a, a, an hour long drama, which has been running on ABC for literally 16 years. That's this just can't be what your book is about. This can't be what it's about. So, so, well, no, Shonda Rhimes is the writer of Grey's Anatomy, and she also wrote a bunch of other extremely oh. popular shows like Scandal and How to Get Away I'll with Murder up. and Private Practice. Um, about a year ago, everyone was all up in arms about a show on Netflix called Bridgerton, and she wrote Bridgerton. Mm, sexy show. Yeah, oh, so she's, that's a sexy show. So she is this kind of, she's a really strange figure in TV. She is the superstar t- TV writer. She does like yeah. this. Netflix like wooed her away from uh, ABC. Netflix famously is running out of money. Um, they paid her 150 really? million and percentages to not be an ABC writer and to just come and write shows for them. Um, so she yeah. she's wow. like she is like she's such a such a rare a rare bird in terms of like when she writes a show it's going to be a hit. Um, That's amazing. Her fan club includes celebrities and former presidents. She's like, she is a successful person. Um, and so like this book, it's funny, like you, 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 maybe you know this or you know it cause I just told you and you're like, wait, why does Shonda Rhimes need to have her life be better? She's, she's, you Sound, know, her life sounds great. Yes. Um, <laughs> but she was, she was really, um, she kind of narrates, she was really unhappy in, uh, like 2012, 2013. Um, she gets into like why and, and. Um, the stuff that was kind of happening, she was very introverted, very like scared of of public appearances. She she was uh, friends with a lot of people who are kind of like like predatory. Oh, they were fake, like asking fake. her for money. Yeah, fake. Yeah. What's what's the fake. short version of why? So so Hollywood she, basically. Well, no, it, no, it, it wasn't Hollywood. It was like normal people problems, you know. Like okay. we, I guess we don't have maybe. Maybe we're obviously fabulously wealthy, Too but before money, we started like this, this extremely wealthy money, podcast, yes. like we didn't have people like bothering us for free gifts of money, but a lot of the problems right, she had, right. we all deal with like, right. um, I am so insecurity. sick of audio, uh, audible trying to sponsor this podcast. It's like back right. off. You're a little thirsty audible. We, we kind of like what we're doing. Get out of my mind. We don't space. want to go corporate. Yeah, that's um, right. This is an indie podcast. Her <laughs> problems that she has in her life are problems that a lot of us might share. Not to the extent that she does, um, but like she has, she has, she's not happy. She's sure. scared of a lot of things. Um, yes. And she, she narrates kind of the, the way that she, she gets through this. So her sister, her sister, she's talking to her sister in the kitchen as they're preparing Thanksgiving dinner. And her sister like kind of mutters at her. You never say yes to anything. And Shonda's like, I'm sorry, what? 
And this sticks with her uh, for the next couple of days. And finally, she like calls her sister and is like, what are you talking about? And they have a good conversation. And it ends up with with Shonda like kind of making a decision. I'm going to, anytime something scary like that would have scared me, anytime something that would have scared me happens uh, or I'm faced with a scary decision, um, instead of like running away from it, instead of like kind of burying myself, burying myself in my work, burying myself in food, kind of burying myself in just a, a, a shelter of introversion. I'm going to say yes to it. I love it. I, I let me just say, I really dig this premise. Um, my my dear wife uh, accuses me frequently that my first response to everything is no. Yeah. So hey, do you want to go do this today? No, not really. Hey, do you want to like have this for dinner? Eh, no, <laughs> right? Like she says, my first response is no. So I really maybe maybe I need more yes in my life. Ian. Hey Joe, yeah. is there a scenario in which we could convince you for the next year to say yes to everything and just see what happens? <laughs> we can get spin off you know, podcast. Yeah, just Joe's updates yes. intermittently on this podcast. That would be awesome. Oh. Wait, maybe mm-hmm. maybe if 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 I win today, that's what Joe has to do. As well, you know, Litheads, this is as like you know, Litheads. There is always the pledge and. So if Joe right. loses, he has to do this. The way right, all these episodes right. go. We do have right. the blood oath that we took when we started this podcast together. Litheads, I, this is very unfair, but I am bound by podcast law. Yeah, podcast and that's law. great. And I love that, Ian, so much that congratulations, you, you, oh, you won this week. <laughs> Shoot. <laughs> and just well, like that, Joe's blood oath has begun in this journey. <laughs> Is a foot. Oh, I'm so uncomfortable already. <laughs> the game's afoot. Oh, wait, Joe, I am right now uh, setting up a Google Calendar alert to ask you every time we record. Nice. <laughs> what have you said yes to this week, Joe? Yeah. Yes with uh, Joe. I love it. I love it. Starring Jim Carrey. <laughs> Great. So, so Ian, let's just jump ahead. She starts to say yes, and her life improves, and she tries yeah. new experiences. No, I'm not done. Uh, she gets <laughs> to try new experiences, and she realizes that she was missing out on so much uh, of life because she had said no for so long just because she was afraid. And, and the ability to say yes has opened up new doors, new experiences, and she's a, just a, has a fuller, more content life. And maybe it's led her down a couple paths that, you know, I don't know, maybe led to something that maybe she didn't want and maybe she has regrets there, but all in all, pretty good experience. She would definitely advise saying yes to uh, things. <clears throat> Is that accurate? Yes. Did you read uh, Did you do that from the Wikipedia page or? No, no, no. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, that was from the Wikipedia page. I mean, page. yeah, like she's not going to write this memoir about, hey, hey I started Ian, saying yes to Did you hear Nickopedia? Nickopedia. Nickopedia. That's, that's pretty good. We need that to happen. She's not going to write a memoir where she's like, yeah, I started saying yes to things and my life fell apart. Like, that's not, that's not what. <laughs> that would, that would I mean, be a good would, book. Well, it, might, it might actually be a great book. Joe, book idea. <laughs> that's going to um, be the book that I no, published she, after she, this year. It's with grave um, news that we <laughs> announced that Joe is no longer a part of this Joe is a big fan of the show. <laughs> Joe is officially a fan of the show. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, I'm wishing you the best on your journey. <laughs> oh God! Thoughts and prayers, Joe. Thoughts and prayers. Thoughts and prayers. <laughs> uh, yes, Nick, you, you can head to our OnlyFans to sign up for Joe's journey. Sorry, sorry, Ian. Please tell <laughs> us about J, your book. Joe's journey. This is this is a relatively short time period um, that that this goes. So, like, she she writes this in 2015, and the the, the year of yes, it's more than a year actually. It starts. In like 2013, so she she turns her life around really really quickly. She is happier. She is healthier. She is more popular. She's more confident. She's more attractive. She knows how wow. to dance it out. <laughs> she dances Those it are out. Not the it's, outcomes I would have expected. Okay, that sounds great. Um, she she it it sounds too good to be true, but like this is true. She 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 writes this and it's it's engaging and and persuasive and you're like yeah this advice is good advice i like this advice um it worked for her and give I us a think- taste give give me some are are there some examples of of she must have examples of like yes normally i would have said no but yes. i said yes, yes. this time I, and, and now and now i'm Socially yeah. fulfilled, financially that's fulfilled. That's basically the whole book. Sexually is fulfilled. is like fulfilled. her working through 
various elements of her character and herself and kind of walking us through how she thought about saying yes and how she ended up saying what, what saying yes looks like in this. It's not always like it, the, the book is not like then so-and-so called me up and said, will you do this speech? And I said, yes. Chapter two. <laughs> so-and-so else called me up and said, will you do this speech? And it's not like that. It's like here's what saying yes to um, Jimmy Kimmel sounds like. But saying yes, not to Jimmy Kimmel live, but to Jimmy Kimmel doing a pre-tape, which he never does at my house, so I don't feel super scared. Here's what saying yes to being Mm. not overweight anymore looks like. Here's how I did that. Here's what saying yes to um, a healthy family life looks like. Um, So so she kind of goes to, and there's, I would say, I would say this book has two kinds of advice. It has surface advice and it has kind of a bone deep advice. Um, the surface advice is really like simple and it's honestly kind of like classic self-help stuff. Do what it takes to be happy. Um, do the scary stuff. Uh, set, uh, set yourself a challenge to say yes to everything that scares you like for a year. The, the very kind of like superficial th- things that, that she does. But I think the real value of this advice is the bone deep stuff. A big part <laughs> of... Sorry, I was laughing at bone deep. Yeah, yeah we, we know it. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> sorry, I just didn't know if anybody else was going to take that opportunity to laugh a little bit. Ian actually had that like like question marked in his notes. He's like, "Should I say bone deep?" It Pause for really, bone deep. Might really derail the conversation. Are, yes, yes, exactly. We're off the rails. Okay, here's some of the some of like the the more um, structural advice that she gives. She says it's okay. really important to know to know yourself, to see who you are, to get a sense of like. Am I healthy? Am I happy? This all shoot takes off. It all kind of shoots from. It springs from her sister saying, "You never say yes to anything." So she like she gets other people's advice. She like has, "Hey, mm. like, what do you think? See who you are. If you don't know the problems that you have, you're you're not going to be able to solve them." Step number one: ask the tough questions. One. Yeah, ask the tough questions. Step number two: all right. you got to make commitments and you got to keep those commitments, even if you want to chicken out. So a lot of the early going of this ah, book is like probably the tougher one. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. So she yeah. says, I'm going to do this year of yes. And then she gets like almost immediately, she gets like a really big, scary request. And she's like, oh, no. <laughs> like, I'm not doing but that. But then she's like, oh, I said I would say yes to these things. And yeah, she like, this is the hard thing. This is the, the difficult thing is doing the work for it. But she says she has some other advice that kind of helps with this. So she, one of the things that is really big for her is the support network. She's like, figure out who cares about you, who doesn't. So identify who is who is in your corner. Uh, her sister, who says, like, kind of says the thing that gets her going. The sister is in her corner. She's got other friends who are in her corner. And then she's got people in her life that aren't. And she's like, I had to learn that, like, she one of her chapters say yes to difficult conversations. And she said, I learned to start saying, what did you mean by that? When someone says something under their breath that's like kind of a diss, she looks at him and says like straight out, what wow. did you mean by that? And like yeah. this is this is saying yes to difficult conversations. It's not like passive aggressive. It's not like, oh, I'm sure it's fine. She's like, no, you know what? I'm done with this crap. What did you mean yeah. by that? I love it. So it's so saying yes can be saying like, hey, eat it. Like yeah, that, exactly. that can be part of saying yes. yes. Yeah. Yes. Cool. Get pissed. Get like, pissed. Once <laughs> saying like once you've identified your support network, you got to rely on them. So if somebody wants to help you, you got to let them. You got to listen to the people you care about. And if somebody is interested in like helping you out, if someone's interested in like giving you support, you got to let them in, even when it's it's kind of mm-hmm. you know, it hurts your pride. Ian, may I share yes. a heartfelt moment real quick? Yeah, please do. This is some good advice that I received at a very young age from a family friend. It was just somebody trying to help. Okay. They were trying to give me money. And I said, oh, don't do that. Don't do that. I don't need that. Yes. And she, uh, and this family friend just said to me, just say thank you. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Just, just say yes. yes. And just say, say thank you. Just say Take thank the help. Right. But, mm. but that comes in other forms besides money. Right. Right. Yeah. I've, I've, I've heard this for like, if someone wants to like um, have you over for a meal. Just like, say yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, she she's got a whole chapter uh, on on like when someone so she's like she she goes to a, to deliver a speech and she notices when women especially women get um, 
complimented. She says, women all respond one of three ways. And basically all three of the ways are like self-denigrating, self-deprecating. Yeah. Like, oh, no, no, I don't know. I don't know. Oh, I'm so lucky. Or I've got this wonderful team behind me. And she's like, you know what? I'm going to start saying thank Fuck you. yeah. So, so yeah. she's like, no, don't somebody got yeah. on the Just elevator with you. me and said, I like your dress. And she's like, thank you. And she smiled. It's not like, oh, well, this old thing. I got it at a thrift store. Ah, yeah. I've had it eight times. It's on fire, actually. No, she's like, <laughs> it's currently burning. This is a great dress. Yeah. I know it. And and so this, like, boosts her confidence. Um, yeah. The last thing, the last piece of, like, kind of structural advice that she gives. So mm. okay. know thyself. Make commitments and keep them. Identify your support network. Rely on your support network. And the last thing is triangulate your priorities. Figure out what you want to do. And don't do it. So she's got an interesting chapter where she's like kind of walking us through her decision not to get married. She's she's got a guy, they're really close, and she's like, I am expected to marry him. I think that I should marry him, but like I stopped to think about it and I'm like, I don't need to be married to you. And so she doesn't marry him. And it's a it's kind of a big moment of her like yeah, this is not this is not a priority for me, so I'm not going to do it. And that's oh, I don't damn, know. that's cold. So I the mean, year of yes can be saying no. Sometimes exactly. saying yes is right. saying Sometimes. no. Right? Seems like a loophole. Um, <laughs> <laughs> seems like okay. Well, we'll let that we'll let that one uh, lie because we do want to tag this author on Twitter. Um, yes. <laughs> but yeah, knowing what you want out of life—that's a yeah. big last step, isn't it? <laughs> Well, yeah, and this this kind of goes back to know thyself. And so, like, you talk to yeah. people, you you talk to like your friends and your family and the people who are in your corner. And if you know them and they're helping you and they're in, they're 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 like supporting you, um, and you know, like you support them too. You know, you don't use people. You you function as part of someone else's support network. It all it all kind of works symbiotically. I didn't. So it's interesting reading this book. I it was a weird experience. Uh, there are some choices she makes that I'm like, mm, ah, I wouldn't have done that. Um, if I were in her shoes, I might make different choices, but I think I really like this kind of self-help book. Well, it's not self-help. It's, 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 we, it's not, we help, it's self-help. Right. Well, yeah, <laughs> this is better. I think than a book that's like, oh, behold, I hath unlocked the key to the universe because I am the key master. Here you, here right. you go. <laughs> Please talk like that forever. <laughs> That's Ian's year of yes. Parts of it might work for me, but this is a memoir. And so she's not saying this is inspired truth. It's more like, hey, what about this? What about yeah. this? This worked for me. I love it. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds, it sounds pretty good. It's good stuff. I did not expect to enjoy this book or this week, this theme, but I really, really did. Well, what's not to like? Hit, creator of hit TV shows like Grey's Anatomy and Bridgerton. Yep. Of course the book's going to be good. Yep. Joe, you lose. Um, but in addition to your loss, um, you have been tasked with saying yes more. And really, oh, really, this um, I don't want to say I don't want to say um, sentence. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Even though it is, it's it's a Pun- task. punishment. Yes. Uh, punishment. Yeah. Thank you. Like That's the tasks like of Hercules. Pos- like the tasks of Hercules. I love it. No, let's stick with punishment. Um, this <laughs> punishment. I will dole out this punishment to the litheads as well. Uh, just try to say yes more. I think it's a. What's the worst that could happen? Yeah. Uh, well, <laughs> if you're in a relationship, though, yeah, it, just it doesn't mean you have to break up. No, with that person. Is that correct, Ian? Yes. Okay. Yes. I just wasn't sure on the action items at the end. She's there. saying in this. She's she was saying garbled. in this specific instance, it was right for me to do it. Okay. Um, she's not telling us to go out and break up with our significant okay. others. So stay married, I guess, Joe. Um, Absolutely. For now. never do otherwise. Yes, thank you. At least for the um, next year. All right, Lidheads. Lidheads, we love you so much. Please say yes to us back. Really? Is that weird? Say yes, Lidheads. We say yes to you. Say nope, yes to it's us. it's not weird at all, Joe. Um, if you love us back, you can say yes by going to uh, social media of your choice, which I, I can't condone this in good faith. But yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Give us a like, give us a share, give us a whatever on social media. Um, review us, us on the whatever. podcast player of your choice. <laughs> and the, actually, our favorite thing that whatever. you do. You don't know, Lid. <laughs> Facebook 
should introduce I a whatever button. <laughs> uh, our favorite thing that you do, Litheads, is suggest a theme or book at you don't know litpodcast.com. It inspires many of our weeks. Um, and and we've both read a ton of good books at your suggestion. So thank you, Litheads. Say yes. Get control of your lives. Get mm-hmm. pissed. All right. I'm done. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Um, my quote needs Ooh, no introduction. This better be a good quote, Ian. It's a good quote. It's ready a good, to it's get a good quote. This is this is, this is going to help you guys. Okay. Shonda Rhimes says, Dreams are lovely, but they are just dreams. Fleeting, ephemeral, pretty, but dreams do not come true just because you dream them. It's hard work that makes things happen. It's hard work that creates change. Short and sweet Shonda Rhimes. Punchy stuff. Shonda.